Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson, and today I have my favorite guest co-host back, Oog Leverier. Welcome, Oogie. Hey, Alexandra. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? Very, very nice. You know, it was an exciting day today. We have uh, a lot of great tennis to watch at Indian Wells, especially. So, uh, yeah, it was a great day for a lot of reasons. Yes, we had the finals of Indian Wells, a preview of the Miami Open women's draw. The men's draw is coming out tomorrow, which is Monday, March 20th. And I heard you went to Ikea to look for some house goods. Exactly. We had a little stop there today in the Swedish house. So, uh, yeah, it was very fun. We have a big store like that in Quebec City area. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. A little food as well for lunch. Yeah, I have to Swedish ask, food. did you have Swedish meatballs? There's, there was no way around it. We had to have <laughs> it. We were very starving. We had a great night last night with friends. We celebrated uh, somebody's birthday. Um, so, yeah, we had the Swedish meatballs with a little... You know, a little sauce there with little potatoes, little green peas. It was it was real nice. Yeah, you, you can't go to IKEA without the Swedish meatball effect. That's right, exactly. And we had a little dessert as well too. So you know, I was not playing in final today. So you know, those days when we have to really watch what we eat. But now, yeah, we have to we have to enjoy you, life. You could indulge a little bit. Exactly. There's room. All right. Well, let's get to Indian Wells. The women's final up first, Rybakina versus Sabalenka. Rybakina came out the champion in two sets. That first set was very close. They both played well with their game plans. Sabalenka's serve let her down. Ten double faults was a bit much, and Rybakina held on with her serve. She was serving pretty big out there. The court conditions favored both of them throughout the tournament, hitting through that slow court. It was kind of, you almost forgot the court was so grainy when you watched them play. Exactly. I mean, it was really, you know, about Ribakina's, you know, ready to handle the pressure moments and if see if she could have repeated her great, uh, you know, road like Wimbledon last year, because that's where she really got through. And everybody's like, who is that player? That is just because her story is remarkable as well. You know, she moved from Russia in 2018. Uh, she was she was actually led down by the Russian Federation. Did you know that the, the Federation over there said she has no future in uh, the best of women's tennis? And she really took that to heart. And she was looking for a way out and go somewhere else to practice as well. So uh, Kazakhstan just offered her. A great, uh, you know, they laid they laid probably a lot of dollars to get her to move <laughs> to their yeah, country. Luckily, and luckily she had Kazakhstan next door that had a lot of money behind them, oil money. And the president of Kazakhstan loves tennis. And exactly. she was he able to keep trainer. going. And it's yeah. so expensive now on the tour, Ugi. What these players have with teams, it's a whole undertaking. I, I know I heard Brandon Nakashima, who's a fellow San Diegan, the last couple of years, he was $500,000 a year spending on the tour. That's a lot yeah. of money, and you have to have sponsors to be able to do that. You're right. I mean, we, of course, when you see the speeches after the players when they win, uh, it was kind of funny today that Ribakina sort of forgot her entourage when she was congratulating with Sabalenka. They were teasing each other and arena said you know what it was the last time you beat me hopefully i can you know turn that around i thought it was really sweet because you know when you lose to somebody in the final you have some you know long faces sometimes you have 
you know, like Medvedev was not as happy when he lost today against Alcaraz. So uh, I think I think Sabalenka is, is going to be there for a long time as well because if she can joke about it a little bit when she loses like that, so that she you know that takes some pressure off her and she's uh, you know especially since you know, in Australia she was great. Uh, so yeah, the situation with Rabakina is you know is she going to be the next player who's going to dethrone maybe Swantek? I mean that's that could be. You know, we, that question that has question. to be raised. Well, yeah, you know, because... with Iga, her clay season's coming up and she favors the clay, although she has become an all-around surface player winning the U.S. Open. But Rybakina and Sabalenka have shown power tennis in this first little season of our tour. January through March is paying off. And Rybakina was seated 10, so she's now going to get higher in the rankings, which she should have been if she had gotten Wimbledon points. Yep. But she didn't get the points from Wimbledon, so now she's going to be up where she belongs, and a lot of players will be happy they won't run into her, top players, they won't run into her earlier. But she could also be a threat in Miami. It's going to depend how she recovers, and the Indian Wells to Miami is a hard turnover because you're going to desert to hot and humid down south in Florida. That's right. I mean, we've when we uh, were together in Key Biscayne back then, the tournament was in Key Biscayne. So then now, of course, it moved uh, to uh, because great length of Serena. Serena was really, uh, you know, really active in the the tournament, moving to uh, the great uh, Miami Dolphins well, Stadium. She does have a percentage in the Dolphins. So <laughs> where That's where right. the Dolphins play, Hard Rock Casino, the exactly. big stadium there. Hard Rock State, exact the Hard Rock Stadium. So yeah, she was pulling. Uh, of course, that's a great piece of information right there because it's it helps her a lot to get the you know all the visibility of the great team. But yeah, if it's going to be super humid, so that's that's like a, you know when we were walking to practice uh, at Crandon Park in Kibiskane. I mean, we were. I mean, my my T-shirt just switched colors. Yes. In five minutes. You're walking. already sweating. And I <sighs> have to say, Key Biscayne, if you haven't been to Florida or Miami, Key Biscayne is an island off of Miami, and you have to take two bridges over there. It's a trek. So we Sweet. would always stay on the island at the Sinesta or the Ritz. Remember, we'd stay there and yep. then practice and go over. And some players would stay in Miami and drive up. And I think – now they like it where it's all just in one area and it's easier to get to you're right and i have to thank you again because <clears throat> i think i had the best uh meal of my life in really in miami because of you because you gave me your ticket for the meal ticket because you were eating somewhere else with samantha and i've got that ticket and i would i went to a brazilian restaurant Oh, that's right. They used oh. to give us restaurant tickets. And I think I stayed back in the room because I had a match. Yes, exactly. And I gave it to you and you got to go. Well, that's another th- great thing about Miami is they tell you the great restaurants to go to and the fabulous restaurants. And you got to go and, <laughs> hey, oh, as a I, Frenchman, I mean, French Quebec man, that's a big uh-huh. statement that you had your best meal, Ugi. Seriously, it was it was huge. You know what that I, I I love the most because once you turn that that green, you know, pancarte, and then they just keep bringing the food. So beef and chicken, and it just kept on coming. And once you turn it to red, then they're gonna stop. They're gonna let you eat a little bit. I don't know if I turn it red. So I mean, it was just keep coming. That's so and, funny. You still remember uh, that? That was like was, 2002, I think. I know, but it. 
it marked it me stays because in your memory well and we got to talk scenery was nice we got to talk a little bit about carlos alcarez king carlos you know anna wintour crowned him king carlos in the vogue march issue this march and i just yeah. read the article she's already picked him to be king and look at him he goes mm. he wins a south american clay court tournament comes right out and wins indian wells does not drop a set <clears throat> i mean it to me, that was really surprising to see him do this well because I saw the final against Cam Norrie a couple of weeks ago, and he, he was on one leg. He really had a you know big hamstring issue, and you never know with hamstring. I mean, I pulled a hamstring like a couple of years back, and I was out for two months. And, of course, I don't have his age. He's really young, and he recuperates really quick. But still, I mean, he was just really quick to get into the tournament. And against Felix Auger, Aliasim, in the, his match, he said – you know, at the press interview conference after he said it was the best match he ever played. So, and Felix locked six four six four, and he was he played one of his best match ever. So now you can you know see how Alcaraz is just going to maybe rule men's tennis for the next months to come because if he's starting to play his best tennis right now, I mean, you imagine in Roland Garros and maybe you know at the end of the summer is going to be in North America. Well, Oof, he's, he's going to slide on the hard courts. He's going to be all over the place. And he's probably the most complete young player that we've ever seen. We're not that old, but in our tennis career, somebody that's 19 that can do everything, serve and volley. I loved how he used his kick on the ad side off the court to get the guys hitting that backhand back high. They had a lot mm -hmm. of trouble with that. Even Medvedev, who's so tall, had trouble with that high kick. And then he would come in and hit a short volley. You're right. I mean, towards the end of the match, especially when it was closer to, to match point, he was exactly, he would just serve like the wide serve because Medvedev, Medvedev was so way back that it takes a lot of time for him to get the ball back. So Alcaraz is already close to the net whenever he was hitting his first volley. The return was coming really fast, but it's so far that Alcaraz has time to split step, just reach to the volley, just deposit a little, little, drop shot into the open court and he wins the point easily yeah i think on medvedev's side he's gonna he's gonna have to realize that if he's not playing like john isner's serve he has to step in closer yeah, otherwise he he's just so gonna be pulled back. off from all over the court and if the other the opponent is, is serving in volley it's going to be really tough for him to break serve and we all know the surface bothered Medvedev. I mean, he was complaining about it in the third round, calling the court slow, that he was yeah, just and... going to take his time. And and Carlos loves a clay court, and this was just kind of like a clay court without the sliding, even though we saw Carlos slide all over the court out here. You're, you're right. And it bothered Medvedev because he rolled his ankle awkwardly. On He was, you know, recuperating. He was coming back towards the middle of the court and he slipped and re-slipped again and his, shoulder, his ankle And he's not as bit. fluid, obviously, yeah, with like his six, height six and the and, game style. Yeah. He can't exactly. slide and glide the way Alcaraz does. And yeah. I, I read this quote, Boogie, in Vogue and it was so well written because they were talking about Roger Federer and Djokovic and how Alcarez can reach these heights and he's won the US Open. He won his first Grand Slam. And then after you do that, where do you go from there? And he said, I'm going to keep wanting to make my dream come true, even though I already have. And I wow. love that quote because Obviously, to win a Grand Slam is every professional player's dream. You had right. it. I had it. 
not everybody gets to have their dream, but now he put that dream, he accomplished it, he's putting it in the box and he's gonna keep going and he's gonna keep building and he's he's just not gonna give up. And obviously that's easy to say, but it's hard as a player who's 19 years old, won the US Open, look how he goes to work each week. He's not letting right. the fame distract him. He's not letting the media. And at the end of the day, he is so kind. And you can see that come across in his speeches when he wins the tournament, when he loses the tournaments. I think that's a big thing is that he's a kind young man. You're right. I mean, it really shows through the screen because I remember when he won the tournament in uh, his, his home country in Spain last year. And he was jumping into the pool after he won because that was the ritual, you know, a little bit like the LPGA when and in, in the US they have a, this tournament when they win, they just jump into the pool next to the 18th hole. And he jumped into the pool with the kids with holding hands, like, <laughs> let's go together. Yeah, so fun. You know, it's just he's young and he really, you know, he embraces that those moments. And you're right, I've never met him, but I'm sure he's a really nice young man. I mean, really, uh, he enjoys what he's doing. And he, I think he's very respectful of what he's getting as well. So that really is something that uh, you need to look forward into. Uh, and, he, a real and he's champion. humble. Yeah, and he's humble. Exactly. And Juan yeah. Carlos Ferrero, his coach, he played the same time I played. He was humble and quiet and he's not, he wasn't as exuberant as Carlos is. He just went to work and got things done. And I feel like that coach player relationship is truly going to be one of the best in the next 10 years going forward. You're right. Totally. Uh, absolutely. A hundred percent because he, they kind of, um, you know, they fit with each other because you, like you said, Juan Carlos is a little bit more down to earth, uh, not exuberating and everything. And Carlos is just really, you know, a real Spanish person. He's just really hyper like Rafa, really all over his emotions and everything. So they balance each other. And that is really important. It's like a couple, you know, you have a couple in life and you need exactly. to balance each other a little bit. If you're both the same, like really active, hyper, that causes some friction sometimes. If you're too like lay low, cool, then, okay, what's going on in our lives? Let's get something going. Yeah, so for sure. That dynamic of really, yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's why he's so likable. So we got to get to our fantasy coaching team for Miami. Miami's yeah. coming up around the corner and we narrowed it down a bit. Okay, so we have our technical coach, physical That's coach, right. mental, tactical, and scouting coach. And mm -hmm. you wanted to do men and women this time. And I feel like you could go on both tours, but we're going to go men's side, women's side, straight up. All right, so Ugi, I'm going to let you start first. We're going to go, yeah, let's well go, let's go women first. Okay. okay, so you're going to Miami with a woman player. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, Who are I you going to pick for technical? Well, it's there's a lot of you know great technical players through the years, of course. Um, it's, you know, it's we have to balance the elements. So let's see, we're it's in South Florida. We're hard court, which is really important because I'm not going to pick the same person on hard courts and on clay courts. You know. Yes. Tactical, technical, exactly. It's just really different. So we have to think about this, like who I really want to be behind me, coaching me, helping me out to make sure I get, you know, I, I'm ready. Uh, the physical side is going to be super important because 
That's where the game is played. If you can't deal with the heat and humidity and especially getting the right fluids, the right vitamins, the, yes. you know, all that stuff you need to get done in between matches, you're not going to recuperate well. And then you can't play. You just can't play. It's, it's like a grand slam. So it's really tough matches. It's not three out of five for men, but still it's, it's like three out of five physically. Trust me. It's really tough. So, I mean, technically um, to me, I think right now, still working on our game but sabalenka is really impressive for me uh forehand and backhand especially i mean she just rips the ball and she is getting more confident her serve has been fixed a little bit so for right now for women i would go with sabalenka because she she's really a powerful hitter right now so for okay. women that's it yeah who do you got so, for women so you're gonna go with sabalenka as the technical coach that's right ah interesting I kind of that's that's an interesting twist. I don't know if I would pick that, but she has weathered many storms of over the last two years with her serve and won a grand slam. So I like that pick, Oogie. That's right. Okay, so I'm going to pick for technical. Going back in the day, and she was a coach of yeah. a former number one and a mother. So technically, Ooh. and she knew what she was doing and she'd come out in her little ball hopper on the court in her shorts and just feed her daughter and her daughter won a lot of matches and was number one. Can you think of who it is? Chris uh, Everett, Serena. No, we had a practice with her once. Uh, she always liked to hit with me because I gave her a clean ball. So melanie molitor martina yeah. hingis's mother that's right so i'm gonna bring her back into the fold as the technical coach for miami i like that yeah like martina that. did well in miami and melanie has a good eye and you know she trained belinda benchich when she was younger that's so right. she's got two pros out there well martina's retired now but belinda's yeah. carrying it on so i'm gonna that's go right. with melanie molitor for technical that's really, really nice. That's a great pick. All right. Physical. Physical. Well, I picked Douglas Cordero last week because I just loved his energy. And of course, he's, his home is Miami. So he's going to yeah. be right on site. So you got to pick him again. Well, I, mean, I have him. And for the men's side, I have Maria Sakari. Oh, wait, wait, think... we're not going on the men's side yet. Do the, just the women. Okay, well, let's just go with with Zachary because Zachary, I think okay. she sets the bar super yeah, high she, for she's an for animal. Women's physical, yeah. I mean, have we you see seen her, her Instagram? On. It's crazy. She's doing CrossFit. Yeah, she's so, gonna she's so gonna enter want, the CrossFit games. Yeah, you want her and her trainer with yeah. you in Miami for sure. That's right. I need both of them right there, but I think she's gonna be like right beside me. I'm gonna try to follow what she's doing. Yeah, I probably won't be able to keep up, but I think that would be. That would be great stuff right there for uh, for okay. the women's side. I like what do you that, got but... for physical? All right. So I'm going to go on the women's side. Andy Murray, because Ooh. he was always the fittest. He loves a good Versa Climber workout. And he also has a condo in Miami. So he knows Miami. He trains there. And who wouldn't want to bring Andy Murray along, even though he's playing right now. So let's in, in our little world, let's say he's not playing and you get to bring him on the women's side for physical. That's my That's pick. That's true. 
Uh, you're right. You're right. And he got, uh, you know, our great uh, French Amélie Moresmo to coach him a little bit. So he's and, already... And he, and he loves the women. <laughs> you exactly. Know, he, he always supports the women's tennis. His you're mother, right. very... Judy yep. Murray, was a Fed Cup coach, which now Billie Jean King Cup coach. She was yep. a former for Britain. And exactly. he's been a big supporter of women's tennis, equal prize money. I think he wouldn't mm -hmm. mind coming on the women's side. You're right. That's, that fits perfectly with his, uh, his mentality right there. All right. Okay. So we got mental coming up next because it's tough in Miami. You got to weather the conditions. You got to stay calm, not go to too many restaurants, too many clubs, the right. atmosphere, the fans. If you play a South American player, lots of mm. South Americans live in Miami. So they're going to be cheering against you. You're Who right. are you going to pick of, for uh... mental? A lot of stuff to control over there. You're right. South Beach is over there. Come on. Why? And I mean, Goran Ivanisevic almost did not play a tournament because he stepped on a shell and just almost yeah, tore I mean, his, his yeah, under his you foot. Have, you have the beach, so you, you yeah. just want to go to the beach all day instead of play tennis. Right. Yeah, he almost forfeit one time because of that. He was <laughs> he stepped on the on the corals on the um so I got Serena. I've got Serena for the mental side. Serena is so tough mentally. How can we not pick Serena Williams for the the mental aspect of, of just dealing with a, a match, pressure, media, everything? She can just tell me, okay, go there, don't do this, say that, and I'll be I'll be like I'm I love it. cab right now. Yeah, she'd be uh, the perfect guide. Well, I love that you picked that because you know who I picked. No way. Venus. Venus? <laughs> because That's Venus hilarious. loved playing in Miami. Yeah. And in the early days, she won it a bunch of times. And she, they're from Florida. Well, they're from California, but they moved to Florida at 11 years old. Well, Venus was 11. Serena was 10. And, you know, it's a short drive. She's very mentally tough. She's the underrated sister with mental toughness. Venus right. has weathered a lot. She was the first to come through. She faced mm -hmm. all the backlash. She faced the racism in a quiet, dignified way. And she took a lot of hits for Serena in the beginning. And we kind of forget that. So I'm going with Venus. You're right, because Venus was like, she was the flag barrier, you know, at the front of the whole country when, when uh, you know, like uh, on TV, when the, the movie about the Williams sisters, I mean, she was yeah, just- Yeah, she was the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, she was all over it, and and Serena sneaked in, didn't say, "Daddy, I'm playing on court number eight over there." But <laughs> RSC knew about it, and uh, and you were very close with the probably still, but with the Williams sisters because you guys grew up together. Yeah. Okay. So tactical. Who are you going to pick tactically for the women's side in Miami? You know what? I have to go with somebody that you already picked. You know, Martina Hingis. Oh, I like that. She's she's. I think she was the best brain for tennis for yes. women's side. No offense to you, of course. No, no, you, it's, it's okay. We're great. Hey, I know? lost to Martina Hingis both times. So, and I got close once in a set, but she was always like a chess player. And I had trouble because I wasn't quite developed mentally as fast as her. And I no. didn't understand all my weapons. And she just knew how to play the court and that was exactly it. she was tough for me to play and you know what's so funny guess who i picked martina too i picked martina too <laughs> <laughs> of course i see we 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 thought about the same thing there because i think she observed she was the best observer around yes. her 
And I, I mean, feel she like noticed. I played her in the fourth round there. Were you with yep. me then? I got killed. I, I, I never saw you play against. Yeah, I don't think. I think Black. that was the next year. So you know I what? Think, it would have been different if I'd opened that. I think so because <laughs> I remember playing. It was a TV match, and in early two thousands, it wasn't like now where everything's on TV. It was like You're the right. big tournaments were on TV. That was a big deal. You got to be on yeah. ESPN or NBC, and that's right. She just took me out, Oogie. I lost to her in singles there and doubles again with her and Kornikova, myself and Marissa Irvin. We mm -hmm. we lost to them in doubles and sh it was fourth round and I had done well to the fourth round. I thought that was good, but I wanted yeah. to keep going and she just, oh, I still remember that match. I did not know what to do. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens when somebody with a great sense of tactics yes. plays you. Is that like sort of Medvedev? You don't know it. If you're doing something, he knows that you're doing it and he's going to be uh, having this plan B that is going to be like, yep. okay, what do I do now? And you that's what makes Carlos and... Alcaraz so special is that he took him out in two sets, like two and three. And Medvedev is a chess master and he couldn't find a way to beat him. And he was frustrated at the end. He was mm -hmm. throwing his he racket was not to the happy. ground. Just trying to throw it, and it's it gets right back up into your hand. I mean, I can't do that. Yeah. But anyway, he and it didn't broke. Thank <laughs> gosh, that was good. I, mean, it was I good feel because, like yeah. if I had my brain now for tactics, I could have competed with Martina, but I You're was right. just too young, and I didn't have the developed brain. She developed so well so early, and that's the young teenagers of that era that won Grand Slams. They're tactics were already formed and it was so interesting how at 16 they knew how to she knew how to play the court same with monica Sellis, and yep. it's just different players develop at different rates you're right and we will talk about that later on yes uh, in our podcast because it that's really important we have uh, the academy here we have four weeks of just tactics of gameplay game styles i mean so you have different game styles. You have the pusher, you have the placer, you have the aggressive hard hitter from backcourt. You have the person who comes into the net and then that's a complete player right there. So then what do you do against somebody who pushes? What do you do against somebody who's just going to place yeah. you around over the place? Hengis was like that. She would slice you around. She was hitting hard and in cross-court angle short coming in. She has great volleys. And then whoever hits really hard. A lot of players today really hit hard, but... They miss sometimes, and then you need to mix it a little bit more. Some slice, some high balls, and then a little bit like Bianca Andreescu is she got you know she won the U.S. Open because she did that great. She yeah, mix and, a lot. And now she has to find it again. Oh, speaking of Bianca Andreescu, before we get to scouting, her first round match. Guess who she's playing in Miami? Give me a clue. British won the U.S. Open. No way. She's playing Raducanu? Yes. So two former U.S. Open champions are oh, playing tough. each other in the first round. And guess who they play in the second round, whoever wins? No idea. Sakari. Oh, that gets easier. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that quite wow. the first, second round there? That's, women, that's in... women's tennis right now, Ugi. <laughs> women's tennis in 2023. That's yeah. tough. See? Because some okay, great so, girls just lost their rankings and then they have to come back. Yeah. And things. So that's Crazy. exciting right there. All wow. right. So scouting. Okay. So say you're, say you're Emma Raducanu playing Bianca Andreescu. Who are you going to pick for scouting on your team? Well, you probably don't know him that much, but 
Uh, he's the French guy who turned Canadian tennis around. I know him. Yeah, you do? Yeah, because I used no to way. hit with Bianca and warm up, and he was always with her, right? Okay. I'm not sure you're thinking about the same guy because okay. he's the guy who came from France, who was at the height of uh, the Roland Garros, uh, you know, uh, training center in Paris. And, and he came to Canada. He, he had a great offer to come turn, I mean, like 15 years ago, you know, uh, Canada. Is he the Canada older? Was, he's the older gentleman, right? He's the older gentleman, right? He's got these small glasses. Yes. and Yes, I do know him because he was with Bianca Andreescu at a challenger in Canada. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. okay, and because... he asked me to play doubles with her because Natalie Toziat told him to. That's right. They had a connection with Natalie Toziat. What's his Tozio. name? His name is Louis Borfiga. Okay, yes. That's him, huh? Because Bianca was coached a lot. Uh, with Sylvain Bruno, who uh, yes. was his coach, and especially when you know he was there when she won the U.S. And they Open, they all work closely together. Exactly. I mean, we don't have that big of a federation in Canada, so there's a couple of really important actors at the top of the pyramid that really act together. And uh, so, anyway, Louis Borfiga got a call from Canadian Tennis uh, 15 years ago, and uh, hey, Louis, do you want to come help us? Because we don't know what we're doing, and we're a hockey nation, and we play only six months outdoors. And he's like, sure, I'll be there. I mean, it was like a huge, huge step for him to say to all French tennis, you know what? I'm going to take a break for 10 years and I'm going to be in Canada and, uh, and you know, trying at, to develop. Look at the turnaround now. Huge turnaround. I mean, just indoor courts built, junior, a lot more, uh, you know, lessons and, you know, the all the way down to the coaching staff, like just, you know. Uh, forming coaches and you know canada just won the davis cup you know last fall so yeah that's, that's the great. end uh, result of, of all those efforts pick oogie yeah so i'm picking him okay so i'm going to pick martina navratilova oh, that's a great pick martina i mean she's she, she knows, knows so much stuff. about the game yeah yep definitely so i felt that's she a great was pick. good okay we yeah. got to go to the men's side now all right, you're hey. coming in. You got a male player. Who are you going to pick for? Let's go with tactical first. Okay, tactical. Um, I want to. I want to. I want somebody who's being able to just roll away with all those gameplay game styles. So I'm picking Medvedev. I'm oh, picking I like Andrei him. Medvedev. Yeah, I'm picking him uh, just because he's so smart on the court. Uh, I think he's. You know, of course. Wait, wait, wait. Andre Medvedev or Daniel Medvedev? Oh, Daniel, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Sorry, yes. Because yeah. there is an Andre. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. He was my age. And yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we almost played against each other once. Okay, but, so we're uh, picking yeah. Daniel. Okay, good one. And he's controlling I... the flow of the match and yeah? everything. I like that. Um, I'm going to pick Juan Carlos Ferrero. Oh, that's a great pick right there. Yeah, yep. he, knows, he knows his stuff. Exactly. I like that. Okay, so yep. mental. Who are you going to pick mental-wise? You know what? We talked about a little bit about him earlier, but I'm going with Andy Murray. Andy has just, he's he's been going through a lot of stuff, especially, you know, hips, replacements yes. and everything. He's just mentally so tough right now. You see him at the end of the matches. I think it hurts just to watch him walk. <laughs> he Seriously, just walks. It looks like hips. he's in pain. <laughs> he's in pain. He is in pain. He looks like Rocky. I, but he'll never, a... he, he never gives up. And you always know in any Murray match, you're going to see grit and yeah. tenaciousness. Exactly. I love he it. The word quitting. He just doesn't. So to me, 
I mean, for him, it'd be amazing to have him on my side mentally. And whenever he wins the matches, it goes like this. Like yes. My bill is right there. I know what All I'm right, doing. That's a good one. So, yeah. okay, what about your so pick mentally? I'm picking Nadal. Nadal loved Miami. He's available right now. He's he available. Could, he, he could fly in. He was the king of Miami for a lot of years. Right. And he knows how to, you know, dig it out in that hot and humid big matches against Federer over the years, Djokovic. So Yeah. But you know what? And he started he, he started winning there young. He won a lot of matches, but he still hasn't won the tournament. You know what? He hasn't won. No, but he has gone to the finals. Exactly. He's got so many finals there. He's got the and, experience. And I you know across... why I picked him? Because he hasn't won. <laughs> because exactly. he's gone to he's the finals. Like... He's he's fought and he keeps fighting. So he doesn't exactly. give up. And, and he's, he's won a lot more. Yeah. Obviously, 22 Grand Slams is good enough. He doesn't need Miami. But <laughs> right. he, he go, I bet if he comes back to Miami next year, he's going to want to try and win it. For sure. I mean, it's probably the only tournament almost that he hasn't won. Yeah, that's so, pretty pretty amazing. Are you, I thought he won once, but... Yeah, I checked it earlier because I he was didn't. really astounded. Yeah, yeah, I was astounded. That, um, you know, I was just going through the um, the last winners and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I noticed like six times Agassi, six times Djokovic, eight times Williams, Serena uh, for Miami, but no uh no, no finals no for, for not for rafa but he had many well, finals you're right I like remember we talked about the turnaround indian wells to miami it's a tough turnaround and he's won indian wells a couple times you're right and it's it's tough for him because the conditions the humidity even if you're in great shape and you run and his game is based on running for sure i mean at first remember when i was i was with you the first time at wimbledon and i think it was the first year that nadal played wimbledon Yes. So here we are. I'm over there. I'm we're hitting. There's Federer over there playing with Nicholas Kiefer. The Williams systems are over there. And Federer is playing with Lu Ivan Lubicic. I remember all of that like it was yesterday. And then suddenly I'm seeing this this long hair dude with a bandana and the long white shorts. Remember Nadal had that? Mm -hmm. And then Rafa Nadal. I'm like, okay, I'm taking notes. I, and he's running and he's sliding all over the courts on grass. Wow. Yeah. That was just it's pretty special. Yeah, so, very special. It's funny you mentioned Agassi six times because technical for my coach is Andre Agassi. I picked him. You're right. That's a great pick. It's you a know, good he's pick. got the cleanest strokes almost that I've ever seen. The best yeah. return of serves, arguably with Djokovic. Yes. Those two could be And and they're different because Novak stands back a lot. Andre stood uh, right on the baseline and didn't give you an inch. That's right. And so his technique, when you stand on the baseline, you have to have perfect technique and timing. You're right. It was just so clean. So that's a great pick, Alexandra. I oh, like that. Thanks. All right. Well, yeah. who's yours? Well, let's see. Um It's kind of tough to say because because I, I took Andre. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've had Roger Federer for the oh uh, well, you know what? Flu, you know? I would say that's equal to Andre Agassi. Yeah, I think so because of the fluidity. I wrote, you know, there's no effort in his strokes and in the heat when you're you're trying to grasp all the energy you can. Yes. you don't you don't want to. You know, you want to be loose in between points. You don't want to spend too much energy yep. saying, come on, yes. And you just want to 
take consume your energy to make sure you get through the match because you need every ounce of energy in that tournament. That's and amazing. he knew how to win there. Yeah, exactly. He won twice. So he's got this great game and he's got one of the best points I've ever seen against Agassi. Even Agassi just couldn't believe it because he was all over the place and suddenly behind him, he sort of sneak a lob above Agassi's head. Remember that point? It's, it's still like on, Classic. on the uh, YouTubes of, of all time for Federer. So well, yeah, I'm picking feel... Federer for a thing. I, I like that pick. I feel Ugi, our coaching picks, we both would have players that would win the tournament with who we picked. For sure. <laughs> For sure. They'll be in great hands. I love I love uh, all of your picks. Oh, thanks. Well, I love yeah, yours really too. Do. All right. Yeah. So we got to talk a little bit about March Madness. That's this right. year, it really has been crazy. Most people right. that have made a bracket you sh are not winning unless you picked every unseeded team. I mean, it's there's true. still some seeds left, but the last couple days have been nuts. Yeah. What You're were right. your, I mean, what have, what have your highlights been? Well, I'm the highlights of, to me are, are all the great teams that have been eliminated, eliminated. I mean, you've got Virginia's out, Arizona, Purdue, Duke. Marquette's, Duke, Kansas, all those picks are one, two or three in their brackets. I mean, that's, yeah, that's they're crazy. out. And it's yeah. so interesting because school branding, you know, you look at Duke, you look at Kansas who won, how they've been presented to our society. You look at the bracket and you want to go, okay, I want this person to come through. Look at Kentucky. I played mm -hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky at the school there. There was a challenger. You just go in there we use the same locker room as their basketball team and you see the championships and you're like, Kentucky's known for basketball. Well, they're out. And it's my bracket just totally fell apart. <laughs> I still have SDSU in cause I pick San Diego cause I'm from there. So they're in oh. they're, they're playing Alabama wow. in Louisville of all places. And my highlight Oogie, this was fun. I loved when Arkansas won and Eric Musselman took off his shirt. And Oogie, when you have a name, Eric Musselman, you better have a six pack or an eight pack, right? Your name's Musselman. Well, what happened there? When took it, it looked like he's been working on it, but had a little more carbs. Like he works out, but it was not Channing Tatum eight pack. Well, that's kind of rough to compare, but yeah, well, the six pack might. But come on, your name's Musselman, right? But how, right, he's gotta... what a moment though, <laughs> as a head coach, could you see if your player wins the grand slam and you just take off your shirt and start like going crazy? Could happen. I mean, Djokovic actually once just tore his shirt off. Yeah, like he that, did. He was so happy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I mean, as a coach, are... it's so it's, you don't see it that much. So that was, I love that highlight. And sure, then. Right. Devonte Davis when he started crying and he had won the most points 21 out of 25s for Arkansas and just and then Charles Barkley talking about it and I love listening to Charles Barkley oh he's he, great do you, you get him in Canada right oh uh, yeah yeah of course we've got we got the the TNT you know all the, yeah so you get the TNT, announcers. And we've got the games, just yeah. listening to him is the best because he tells it like it is yeah. And he has empathy towards the players because he was a player and he played in college and he understands, mm -hmm. but he's not afraid to speak his mind no matter what, if he gets haters or not. 
he's awesome. He's awesome. And with Shaquille O'Neal, you know, and all that team that, uh, yeah, they're, they're really, they're doing a great job. And Charles has improved his golf swing. So that's great. Yeah, he that's good. a golf ball, which is, so... at first it was, that was something really sad to see. <laughs> you know, he would swing and then it would stop his motion and then it would start again. And uh, he took great lessons and uh, yeah, he's, he's such a great guy. I've never met him, but he, he looks like he's super fun to be around with. And yeah, yeah he, he does. looks like really honest and people really love him. So that's awesome. Well, we got a little bit of March Madness in. It's, I had to, we had to talk about it because all the kids on my court have their brackets and they come every day and they discuss them and they're betting. And I'm like asking 14 year olds what they're picking. And I have one 14 year old that actually is cagey. And he's doing pretty well. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Look he at also that. he also likes to tell me split steps don't matter. Okay. But I I Is think it... he just likes to get at me. Like he he tells me split steps don't matter, and if you're semi athletic, you can play tennis easily. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Some, well, sometimes you... I look at him, I just want to hit a ball at him. <laughs> you want to you want to you want to hit with him yeah. see see how his footing is doing yeah. is he one of those two that didn't get through that one hour footwork today oh yes he is one of those two that no opted out of footwork today because it rained over here oogie so the kids i did serves we got a little hitting in and then but as the hours wore on this california rain is just messing up my schedule so i'm taking them indoors to the little gym i have and we're doing footwork yeah. which is great high intensity footwork and i do it in sets of three and we do 20 seconds 30 you know the way tennis players should train exactly but my 14 year old who tells me split steps don't matter opted out because he was watching basketball and i said okay that's fine his brother came and his brother said why don't you want to work hard and he's like oh it's okay i don't mind being mid you know what mid means like mid-range player yeah like middle that's their the new middle. saying like i'm okay being mid it's the 14 year olds are the worst right now oogie like yeah. it's not okay to be mid mm, you want to reach you know you want you always want to be the best that you can be the yes. best version of yourself doing whatever it is you know in school and with friends but i feel tennis. like they get things too easily like they grew up where you could order amazon and it comes next day so Seriously. It's right. not like you can get a serve the next day. <laughs> you have to actually right. work on it. And I tell them that and they just look at me. But it's anyway. A great subject. Yep, you're right. You have All to right, be patient so with that. The coaching is really important in that because you're, we're not only coaching them tennisically, but we're coaching mentally, them mentally yes. and with attitude. The yes, attitude, the attitude to, is so important. Yeah, and we have we we have an influence on that attitude. So, you know, uh, I, I read a... Um, a uh, psychological report and they said that whoever's a coach when you when you say nice things to your student they have a better day do you yeah. really do they really I be- do have I believe a that better... yeah but you also have... have to be tough it's it's a balance because you can't let them run over you I've figured that out I wanted to be nice and then I'm like oh if I'm too nice they're gonna run over me and try to run the show <laughs> You're right. You're right. So you want to be yourself and you're super nice. So uh, maybe a little advice from coach to coach. Yes. Give me Uh, some advice. Yeah. You want to stay yourself, but let's say, because I know you, you're really smart. So you want to be smart with them. So, and in a nice way that you are. So whatever I do, uh, let's say I really want them to start, you know, jogging around the courts and they're, they're taking their time. They're talking to each other. They're, they're putting their phones away in their bag. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
Um, let's go, guys. Uh, chop, chop. It's time to practice. Uh, what do you guys want to do today? Well, let's go. Let's, we're going to hit some tennis balls. First, you have to warm up. You know, you have to warm up. How can you not warm up? And then there's, there's like arguing a little bit, but now you're like, okay, let's just do it. So then they just do it because they and know that. And then they that, go. Okay. Yeah, well, I exactly. feel like French Canadian kids are a little more, ex like they accept it better. Like my LA West Side kids look at me and go, I don't need to warm up. <laughs> and I go, yes, you do. Or else you're getting 50 burpees. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. But then you're right. I think maybe the climate influences because the weather is nice where you are. Yeah. Our, so I mean, our weather is like so cold. So that could be a part on the court. You, they need to like, warm up. We're here. We're like usually 70 and they're like, I'm warm. Exactly. <laughs> and then they get on the court and if they have their hoodie on or like their team sweatshirt on, maybe they're a little better, but sometimes they forget it. So they're like freezing when they're yeah. on t-shirts. Like let's lab two laps around those four courts right away. And they're like, okay, let's go. And they start talking, but then they do it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're having fun with that. So Cool. Well, did you check out the Oscars, Oogie? I know it was Actually, last Sunday, but we got to talk a little bit about the fashion. You're right. I mean, I, I saw your Instagram post about uh, the great dresses, you know, that uh, that most of. Course, I always the, love I don't I don't love to post about myself, but I like to post about the Academy Awards and the looks. It's just it's a tradition since I was little with my grandma. We used to watch every year and obviously the late great iconic Joan Rivers you remember mm, her the comedian yes. and her and her daughter Melissa Rivers used to do the red carpet which made it so amazing because they would just rip everybody and then give awards to who they loved and the red carpet isn't the same without them but I still like watching the fashion and I love fashion so right. I, I gotta get the man's opinion here who were your best looks? Um, I mean, definitely. I didn't. I don't know the names, but uh, when uh, your post was on, it was the the girl to the bottom right with the red dress and uh, there was a leg yes. sticking out. Cara Delevingne and Ely Sab. That's it. That's the designer, and mm. she was. I have to give it to her. I picked a bunch of options that I loved, but I feel like she was the best. You picked the best dressed of the night, Oogie. See. Yeah. And the thigh high slit was very in. Like I think a so. lot of the women wore that a la Angelina Jolie in 2002 when she wore her black Versace dress with her high mm. slit. So high slits are back in. You got to tell Anique. I will do that, though she doesn't have the same body, but I'll definitely do that. <laughs> well, that's yeah. okay. Everybody can rock a high slit. Just depends what angle you look at it. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. And, think... and the platforms. You got to wear platforms. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you got to come up a little bit higher. <laughs> See, I'm teaching You're... you, Oogie, some fashion. <laughs> I'll definitely take notes on that one. All right. Well, this has been so fun. I've got to give you one more thing. I have a fun quote for mm. you to guess, okay? Nice. Because the Academy Awards just happened and movies, we're getting into the season where April, May, june july we're getting better movies coming out blockbusters okay so this applies to tennis and all sports okay. and military stuff i give you a little hint military stuff okay, okay here's the quote trust your instincts don't think just do where's that from okay, okay that's in a movie right okay it's in a movie um... who said it 
is very famous. And okay. I'm going to tell you, you'll probably get this, but one of his more famous movies, he came out in a white shirt, underwear, and socks and slid across the floor. And that kind of made his career. Okay, yes, uh, that's definitely ringing a bell. Uh, it was a different movie, right? Because Yeah, a different movie. Okay. Um, but it's the same actor. I think I know because I can remember it's a movie that uh, it was just released, right? Yeah, well, this movie was just released and it did get nominated at the Academy Awards for Best oh, Picture. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It did not win, but it won for sound. So it won an okay. Oscar, which is a big deal. But I think I know because I saw that movie and I, th I thought it was just amazing. I don't know if it's it, but I think it's it's from Maverick, right? Yes. Tom Cruise said that. He said, Top trust Gun me, don't think. And then if you think up there, you're dead. I think that was yes. the full quote. I've... That was the full quote. I just gave you a little bit of the quote. Ah. But yes, he told that to his rooster basically godson rooster yep. yeah and it, i love that quote because in tennis you have to trust your instincts what we saw today with carlos alcarez playing medvedev he trusted his instincts which was his training so all the years of him laying brick by brick brick by brick his yep. training his serve and volleys his short slice drop shots the way he comes into the net he's trusting his instincts and he's right. not thinking he's just doing at times obviously in tennis you have to think but there's a lot of times when you're playing the point and you're not thinking you're just reacting you're totally right i mean that's that's the that's the basic stuff that you want to do if you want to um, you know you want to do great things and akaraz is already doing that and he's trusting his instincts and they are right you know that's what things because they train his instincts for so many years and now he's just focusing on being confident about it and just he's doing it. I mean, he's, who's going to stop him this year? That's tough to find out. I don't out know. Right we'll, we'll have to find out. When Djokovic gets allowed back in the United States, watch out, U.S. Open. You're right. I mean, uh, it's, it's gonna, probably going to be okay, right, this summer? Djokovic is going to be able to I would think play. so. So yeah, obviously so. he's going to be playing in Europe, but I think yeah. the hard court, that would be a showdown. U.S. Open, Djokovic, Alcaraz final. That would be big. You know, you're right, going to well, be there. So we, we might have to do the podcast live in New York on that one. That would be cool. All right, yeah. Ugi. So tomorrow you got to tell your kids, trust your instincts. Don't think, just do. That's right. I will do that for sure. And I was going to say, guys, it's, come, it's coming from Alexandra. So you better listen. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you for joining me again. This has been Serving Aces with Alexandra Stevenson. If you like us, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or I do have Instagram at Alexandra Stevenson. Have a great rest of the day. Bye for now. Take care.